0: Welcome to Lillipod episode 7: Dating etiquette for mid-singles and married couples. Welcome to Lillipod with Jeff and Kathy Tykert. We are certified life coaches and members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Together we founded Love in Later Years, also known as Lily. Our messages here on LilyPod are generally directed towards mid-singles and remarried couples. We also welcome those who enjoy personal development and enriching relationships, and for today, we are going to be talking to mid-singles and all married couples, so that would apply to everyone. And we're gonna start first, Um, Jeff is going to lead a discussion on mid-single dating, and then we're going to transition to me leading a discussion on married dating.
1: Thank you, Kathy. And yeah, a lot of the principles that we're going to talk about will apply to both uh, dating your spouse and dating someone before you're married. Uh, One of those, the first one is proper self-care and grooming, and this may seem obvious, But if you haven't been out there for a while, if you know you were married for 15 or 20 years, you may still be wearing the same casual evening kind of clothing uh, that you were wearing in the 1990s or whenever you last dated, and it may be time to update that. Uh, I remember dating a few people who, you know, for whatever reason, uh, looked like they hadn't done their hair or were wearing um, clothing that was not clean or, you know, whatever. And I don't want to be rough on people. And I don't think honestly you need to spend a great deal on clothing to impress your dates. That's not the point.
0: In fact, we're big fans of thrift shops because you can find really great outfits there that look really good on you. And even if your outfit is, uh, what maybe some people could term outdated, if it's classic and it looks good on you, that's fine.
1: There was a woman I dated a few times who uh, actually was quite well-to-do financially, but she, was, she had gotten her money by starting a, a thrift store herself. Um, and so all of her clothing came from her thrift store. And of course, she probably got first pick of whatever came in. But I would never have known that her clothes were somebody else's hand-me-downs if she hadn't told me. And I could have taken her anywhere. I wouldn't have been at all embarrassed to have her go to any event that my profession or family life might require. Um, so so dressing appropriately is good and appropriate to the occasion. You know, you're welcome to wear hiking pants and boots or whatever when you go hiking. Uh, but comf- And
0: then dress a little more formally when it's a... When it's a nice date to a nice restaurant or the theater,
1: right. Um, also, when it comes to to bathing, uh, it's important if you're if you're a man. I mean, you should know this by now, but you got to do it every day. Bathe or shower, and if you go work out at the gym and you already bathed or showered for that day, uh, take a quick hose off after the gym and and put on deodorant. That should be true whether you're headed for a date or just uh, hanging out with friends or whatever. And I, I don't uh, like mentioning that necessarily, but I've had women complain, you know, the last two guys I what, that took me out actually stunk and I could hardly stand to be in the car with them. And I think, you know, these may be great guys in every respect, but if the smell or some other thing like that is g- going to be so distracting, to the partner, that it's going to be harder to get to know each other. So uh, that's, you know, that's an important principle. For everyone. For all We all need to take care of ourselves. Yeah. Um, And for women, you know, uh, you want to bathe often as well and wash your hair and, you know, put on uh, makeup if that's what you do before you go on a date. Uh, I will say one word about fragrance for both men and women. I think it's fine to wear some perfume or cologne but be sensitive that some people are sensitive to fragrance so don't drown yourself in it a little bit uh perhaps and uh and be careful about the type you pick and how much of it you put on because you don't want to appear like you've taken a bath in the cologne or perfume and So I think those are some important things. Uh, Self-care and grooming uh, are important. One thing that uh, Kathy and I talked about, which I think she'll get to in more detail is, if you've got some blood sugar issues or if it's been a while since you ate, you don't wanna go on a date hangry, right? Where you're feeling impatient, where you're gonna have a tough time waiting for the waiter to bring out your meal.
0: Right, and it might seem silly if you're going out to eat, but you never know when there might be delays.
1: So have a snack before you go or take, you know, a granola bar in your purse, whatever. Uh, if, if that's an issue for you, uh, it's important to, to maintain your blood sugar um, and be able to make a, a positive conversation before you have dinner or whatever. Um, another issue is timeliness. Now that's a a small thing and I understand we're all busy uh but and I've been guilty of of these infractions too but a couple of things to keep in mind people that are dating um very often have worries about being stood up and if you're uh, you know, if you're five ten minutes late, you know they're maybe wondering if you're going to to be there, and you don't w- want them to have that kind of of worry. A second issue on on that is uh, you want to be respectful of your date's time, particularly when you're dating mid singles, because many of them have children uh, at home. And they may be taking time away from their kids to spend with you. And if they have to wait for half an hour at the restaurant or wherever you're meeting uh, for you to arrive, that, you know, they may be paying a babysitter for that time. And, you know, they're whether they are or not, they're taking that time away from their kids if they have kids. So, um, Kathy, did you notice that being an issue when you were dating um, people not showing up on time or?
0: Uh, No, most of my dates were very timely. Sometimes they were early and I was not one of those people. And I, I tried to be respectful of their time and get there on time. But I, uh, both in my upbringing and also from my birth story, I actually have had a tendency to be late and I, I worked on it for years and years. And I'm, I think I'm a lot better at it now. Um, but, uh, I think my big thing is usually just that one more task or that one more thing. I just need to finish it really quick. And then I get sometimes, uh, not very realistic about the time it takes to get somewhere. Um, I don't think I was ever more than, I don't know five to 20 minutes late for a date, but I always felt bad and I always apologized, of course, and then I would call them. So I do think that, you know, things happen. And if things happen, if you can just communicate with your date, that's helpful. And then of course, do your best to be on time. I think that that shows that they're important
1: to you and that you want to be there. One thing about being early, uh, and this doesn't apply as much in our day and time as it used to, because Typically, if we're going out on a first date with someone or sometimes second or third, we're going to meet them at a public location. And that's a good safety pointer. Uh, if you haven't been out there dating, most people appreciate meeting in a neutral place in public that's well lit just because that you don't know you yet. And so you, when you plan a date, you want to do that. But if for whatever reason you're picking someone up, they don't have a car or, you know, there's some other reason why they can't meet that way. uh, Don't come too early. Uh, In fact, wait in your car for a few minutes around the corner if you need to, because like Kathy talked about, you know, you you don't want to show up and have them half dressed or, you know, have to finish their makeup and feel like they're rushing to to. Get ready because right. you should so up. So
0: being early. on time isn't just not being late; it's not being too early.
1: Right. I mean, if you want to be for half an hour early at a restaurant, fine, but but not at their at their home.
0: Well, I know. I think sometimes uh, if I was being picked up, they might come early so they aren't late, but then they'd stay in their car until it was time.
1: Yeah. Uh, And I've done that too.
0: Yeah. So I think always trying to be early helps us be on time. And so that's not a problem. We can just make sure we don't surprise them too early.
1: Yeah. Another big issue. uh, I want to talk about devices. Now I think your devices are fine for certain purposes. Like I think it's cool to pull out your phone and show your, your date uh, pictures with you and your kids or, you know, outings you've been on or things like that uh, that involve them. Uh, but It's also
0: fun to take pictures, especially when it's a first date because you never know if that might be the one.
1: It could be a memory that you're <laughs> looking back on. This was our first date. You know, it might hang on your wall someday. Right. Uh, so so that's another good point. You can use it for photography and and whatever. I also believe... It's important to uh, not be engaged in social media and so forth when...
0: Or texting unnecessarily. Pretty much any time you have your phone out when someone else is with you in your physical presence, it means what you're saying is, is I don't care as much about you as what's happening in, on my phone in that world. And um, there's actually a study that if you put your phone on the table, even if it's off, even if it's upside down um, at a restaurant, you share less with each other and you connect uh, less deeply than when you tuck it away in a purse or out of sight.
1: Right, and, and I think it is a respectful thing. Uh, I've even posted about this, you know, George Washington put in one of his rules of etiquette not to read books or papers while in company with other people. And then if you have to, you know, ask leave of them to do so. You know, he's using that 18th century sort of lingo when he wrote that. But the 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 principle is is the same, though. And there may be times when you have to excuse yourself and say, oh, I've got a call. This is my daughter, you know, or whatever.
0: And it doesn't mean you're asking permission. It just is a polite way of, of letting them know they're important and that you know the only exception you'd make to being with them primarily would be for your kids,
1: right, and you know you may be a nurse and you may be on call and so and that say, would be another I probably don't have thing. won't have to go into work but and if you can, tell the person in advance. but then if you get a call from work, you know you may have to excuse yourself. I remember a date that I was on uh, and the the partner was actually. <laughs> Our mothers were best friends and I'd known her for a long time, but she got kind a little bit uh, upset with me uh, one night when we were at an outdoor concert and I was texting and she said, you know, I don't want you texting another girl when you're out with me. And in point of fact, I wasn't. I was texting a client uh, who had something going on, but best not to do that.
0: Or to let them know what you're doing, so that they don't make ill assumptions. Obviously, we should always assume the best of each other, but that doesn't always happen. I mean, it can make them feel uncomfortable, like you know that might be happening.
1: Right, and if you're, if you can avoid it, if you can tell someone, or if you can just ignore it, I think most texts are dismissible for a a period of time. So, in
0: fact, if you put your phone on silent and maybe even off of vibrate too. Um, then you're not distracted.
1: Right. And I think you tell your children as well, hey, look, unless there's a genuine emergency, don't call me or text me while I'm out on the date. Um, And not being able to decide what to watch on TV and a fight about that is not a genuine emergency. Work it out. And this
0: certainly is true with married couples too.
1: Staying off of devices
0: (laughs) and being fully present is for everyone.
1: Right. Right. That's an important uh, important one to remember, and and it's those devices are so distracting nowadays at times that that um, it's a nice break from it to be on a date and put it aside and really focus on the person in front of you. It
0: really is, and I always appreciated it if if there did need to be an exception made if you know I was told that I was important and that you know, the phone is being set aside for me. And, you know, or, and that always was reassuring, I think on a date.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Reassurance is, is important in terms of the conversation you have. I think it is very tempting sometimes if you are a mid single that has been through a divorce and you're, you're on a date with another divorcee, uh, very, it's very tempting when to commiserate about your divorces or about your spouses. Um,
0: Well, and if you're new to dating, because you're new to being a divorcee, uh, that might be a really painful topic and fresh on your mind. And it's almost all you can think about Um, might not be time for you to be dating quite yet. Or if you yeah, if you don't feel like you can get away from that conversation.
1: And if this is the if this is the first person you've talked to in a few weeks that actually knows what you're going through because they've been there, it's really tempting sometimes to go there. And I want to advise against talking about former spouses or former dating partners too much. Uh, and or present dating partners. If you haven't got to a point where you're exclusive, I think it's poor taste to be telling your your partner, Oh yeah, last week I was out with this girl or that girl or this guy or that guy and we did this and that. You know, I think focus on the person in front of you and not spouses, old love interests, old dating partners or present dating partners.
0: And there are some moments in which it's appropriate to say something, but it's definitely not to be the focus.
1: Right. I mean, and there there were times when, you know, I might be on a first date with somebody and we would talk about travel or something and I would, Oh, have you been to Yellowstone? Have you been to Nauvoo? You know, um, have you taken your kids to Disneyland? And you could talk about things like that and then uh, allow your partner to, to comment as well. But you may mention, yeah, when we were on this trip, my, my former spouse said this or that, and, and it's just an incidental part of the story.
0: Incidental to the conversation is a really good point, Jeff. Uh, We obviously had lives before we met this person, and we want to be able to share parts of our life with them. And eventually, we'll be talking more in detail with them about experiences we had with former spouses and dating partners, but not on the date, and especially not towards the beginning.
1: Yeah, I mean, if it's a first date, you want to focus on getting to know the person and this isn't therapy. It's not the time to vent about your former spouse or your divorce. Even if the other person's willing to do it, it's going to leave a weird mood when you separate for the evening. And it's just, it's, it's not going to, to be the right atmosphere to really get to know the other person. All right. Um, being confident is important, but... You don't need to take that too far. I, I would suggest we avoid bragging or name dropping or that sort of thing. Uh, it, it really is not um, in, in great taste. And I, I know that for some, they think, if I can just say the right thing, I'll really impress the other person. And generally, you're going to make a better impression by being a good listener and having interesting and thoughtful questions about the other person rather than, you know, dominating the conversation, talking about yourself.
0: Right. And generally bragging is more of an ego thing than it is genuine confidence anyway.
1: Right. Um, Along with that, uh, with, you know, the avoiding bragging, we want to be authentic. Now that doesn't mean we're going to be oversharing early in the relationship on first, second date, you know, and so on. Um, Just like you in the realm of physical intimacy, you don't go all the way on the first date. It's not recommended. Uh, The same thing is true emotionally. You know, you don't want to, you want, I'm not saying you keep it superficial. You, You be authentic and talk about your genuine opinions and ideas and, Uh, your testimony, if you want to talk about that, your mission, whatever. Uh, But, you know, you don't want to talk about every little health problem you've had or every little um, relationship issue you've had with other partners or, uh, because we all know how other people love it when we completely open up to them when they're strangers.
0: (laughs) It could be really uncomfortable. (laughs) Um, And, you know, This actually brings me to uh, the other, the flip side of that uh, conversation. And that's when, do you ask on a first date, what's your divorce story? Why'd you get divorced? Why aren't you married yet? I mean, do you, I have had dates ask me that and it's so awkward because you don't know this person, you're not ready to share all that information.
1: Yeah, why aren't you married yet? Well, because I'm a cheating whore and I can't be loyal to anybody. I mean. Actually,
0: I think the confident (laughs) reply would be, I (laughs) guess I'm overqualified.
1: (laughs) I mean, what is the good answer to how come you're not married yet? I mean. (laughs) Or
0: why did you get divorced? I mean, really, that's such a huge topic that can't even possibly be discussed fully with anyone, let alone a perfect stranger. Because no one can ever experience what you have.
1: And I reached a point where, you know, it. I didn't want to spend time trying to defend myself or talk about who was to blame. You know, I, I ultimately, like Kathy said, you're going to, to get there and you're ultimately going to talk about the circumstances of your divorces if you're both divorced. Uh, but on a first date, let's talk instead about... What their parenting philosophy is, fun things they do with their kids. What's the bedtime ritual like with their children? What does
0: all sound pretty fun?
1: Kind of restaurants do they like? You know, what kind of movies or music? Um, what are fun vacations you've taken in the past? I mean, I think there you want to come prepared with sort of a handful of interesting questions. You know what did you major in in college and how did you like that and why did your career go the way it it went you know from that major what were your was your thought process or what you know when did these opportunities come up I think there's all kinds of things you can talk about uh without digging into the former spouses too much
0: you know I think being a good dating partner actually is in large part, the ability to ask good questions, thoughtful questions. And Jeff actually is, is good at this still with me, like he's still curious to know more about me, even though we've been married three years, and we've known each other five.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I think, I think one of the problems that we run into, you hear about couples that can finish each other's sentences but you've seen the older couples sometimes that finish each other's sentences in a not so flattering way sometimes. And they know exactly what buttons to push to bug each other like crazy. And, and, you know, they're sniping back and forth and making everybody around them uncomfortable. Well, I think one of the things that helps, uh, Number one is if, if we're constantly trying to learn and grow, read new books, whatever, and then we share those things on dates with each other as a couple. And, and then- ask
0: our partner about what, you know, because usually we're together enough to know, you know, what the other person is doing and pursuing. I mean, not all day, but, you know, I generally know what Jeff's reading and I can ask about that or anything else that I know he's involved with.
1: Sometimes we listen to the same podcasts and not always the same episodes, but sometimes the same episodes. And And it's
0: fun to discuss it when we both have an idea what what it's about.
1: Right. And that keeps the other person from thinking, well, I just know everything you think because you're thinking new things from time to time and you're growing and developing as a person. So you don't become completely boring to your partner.
0: Right. And we aren't boring to each other when we're asking those genuine questions and in curiosity, wanting to get to know them better, even 20 years into marriage. And this actually leads really nicely into my segment on married dating. And uh, we're generally pretty good at dating each other. Don't you think, Jeff?
1: Most Yeah, of the I time? think on the whole, you know, we, my, my biggest thing is I, I would like to do it more. Um, and we have, we have Kathy's boys with us uh, every other week on the weekends so we usually have a weekend date every other week, and then we'll try to fit in a weeknight uh, on the weeks when they're here. But aren't and then also with spend time
0: together as a night. family too. So like family right. dates, right? Which aren't exactly the same, but they're still family time and time together.
1: And I date the kids. We don't call those dates; we call them outings. Um,
0: it's so sweet.
1: <laughs> but. Uh, you know, I came in as a stepdad, and so I wanted to get to know them individually as well as as a group of two, and so I take them each out individually once in a while, every couple of months or something, and, you know, buy them dinner or whatever, and we spend time talking, and they look forward to it.
0: And they really love Jeff, I think, because he, he goes out of his way to show them that they're special and they're important to him. Um, Anyway, back to married dating, which would generally include uh, going out together alone. And and we try to make the most of our time together when we do that enjoyable and special. Um, But sometimes, and usually this isn't when we're not being as intentional as we usually are, we can really mess, mess it up. And last night was one of those times when We had a general plan, but didn't structure our day in a way that would support an optimal date night for us. And we always regret that. Um, We ultimately ended up working through some hurt feelings instead um, that were unintentionally caused by not being intentional enough with the following uh, points of counsel that we would like to give to married couples.
1: Well, one of the things we decided is we wanted to set a time well in advance so that when we get up in the morning, we know what time we're going on our date and we can plan accordingly so that we're not allowing our tasks of the day to spill over onto our date time.
0: Right. And it requires more intentional planning than just, Hey, tonight we're going to do dinner and a movie. (laughs) Uh, Or even we're going to go to this restaurant and watch this particular movie, which actually we had planned. Um, but also planning the time and then rearranging your day around it um, to make that that time frame special and different from all the day-to-day transactions. And um, it requires a transition time, I think, from task mode to a relationship mode. I know when we left for dinner... I didn't feel like my tasks were complete, and some of the things that we had going on were somewhat urgent, and in, at least to me. And um, I, I could have been more intentional throughout the day of trying to make sure that the most urgent things were done, um, so that I could close up my desk, close up my office, and um, and that transition time like of maybe 30 minutes to an hour of, so to be able to go freshen up, to maybe be able to get a bite to eat because I am one of those peoples that can get really hangry. <laughs> and it turns out that the restaurant we went to, the, the lobby wasn't open. So we had to pick up the food and come home. And by the time we actually ate, I was way, way, way too hungry.
1: Right. And I was too hungry too at, at the same time. And I think I think what Kathy just said about the transition time If she hadn't said it, I would have said it because that that is an important point. Uh, I think sometimes it's tempting when you live together and you're married and you're very casual with each other to think, oh, if we're going on a date at six o'clock, say, that I've got till six o'clock to work on whatever I'm working on. But think about it in terms of, if you're a married couple listening to this, uh, if you were planning a date in your single years, you know, what would you do before that date? You would probably take some time to clean up, to do your hair, to put on makeup, if, if that's something you do, you know, and to sort of transition and be ready to make that date a special moment rather than, oh, I'll just wear whatever I've got on, you know, at the time and we'll hurry out the door
0: Right. And as married couples, I think we can take for granted, well, we're both home. We're both here. We can go whenever. And then whenever, you know, gets to be pretty late and you still have sleep needs and then you lose your evening. And yeah, there's always regret associated with that. And then even though we had specific plans for a specific restaurant and a specific movie, uh, but not a, t- a good time frame, I think sometimes we can have the time down but then we have no idea what we're doing. It's like, hey, what do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? And and that's okay sometimes, but I think it's more special when we plan in advance and we have something to look forward to.
1: Right. And I think when you set a specific time to be done with your tasks and start preparing for your date, and if it spills over five or 10 minutes, you've built in enough time that that's not a huge crisis. Um, but but you have enough of a buffer time, a transition time, so that you can be out the door to your date by a certain point. Or if it's an at-home date, which sometimes is good, uh, you're you know when you're going to start. That I think makes that time feel a little bit more special. It's consecrated to that purpose. You That's know. That's
0: right. And, you know, if we also take the time to adequately care for our own well-being, we can show up a lot better for our partner. If, when we're at our best, we are the best date.
1: Right. And, and that's something we talked about also With if you're single. Either way, um, I mean, it's tempting. Kathy and I know what each other – I know what she looks like without makeup on. I mean, I, you know, we know what each other looks like stepping out of the shower. Uh, And it's tempting to say, well, we're really comfortable together and so we don't have to dress up for each other or whatever. But I think that's a mistake. I think we ought to set aside some special time when we remember why, oh yeah, man, she's really a knockout, you know, and. Well, and
0: that's what dating's for. And married dating is really important. I I am really shocked at how many couples say, oh, we don't date anymore. Well, yeah, they don't date other people, but we should keep dating each other
1: for sure. Right. And I think we talk a lot our book that's coming out this fall is entitled intentional courtship. And we believe in being very intentional about marriage as well. And, and here's why, when it comes to dating, this is super important. If you don't remember anything else, listen to this. Um, the thing that makes uh, dating exciting is the novelty. You're meeting a new person and you're getting to know them and you're figuring out whether they accept you or not. And that's sort of thrilling when you first figure out, she likes me, he likes me, you know, and you're going through all of those little moments of discovery and realizing, wow, we feel the same way about each other. How awesome is that? And and unfortunately, as we go along in marriage, well, I know you accept me you know, honey, would you tell me that you love me more often? Look, I told you when we got married and if it changes, you'll be the first to know, you know? Um, And I mean, I'm being a little facetious, but- You don't do that. (laughs) But um, I think it's really important to be in- because you don't have the novelty anymore unless you are intentional about creating it. And that can be anything from let's try a new restaurant to let's make love at a different time of day than normal to let's- um, you know, let's try an activity we don't normally do, like go canoeing together. you know I mean, you could let your imagination run wild, but I think your dating can be uh, can can lead to having more passion in your relationship if you use it to mix things up a little bit,
0: right. you know, we recently made got some tickets to uh one play that we've never seen before and one that we haven't ever seen together and we're pretty excited about that. Um, and that will be a unique experience for us. Right. Um, you know, so as we've been pondering, you know, how our date went last night, and this is like one of the reasons why we felt inspired to do this podcast now is to, you know, help reset ourselves into this intentional courtship of our own. Uh, as you know, we continue dating each other as married couple. Um, And those guidelines that we set for ourselves and that each married couple can set for themselves um, that will create a positive experience is important. Um, But never use those guidelines against yourself or your partner. Things aren't always going to go perfect, and that's okay. We can roll with life. Um, But as long as we are making the effort and telling our partner that it's important to us to spend time with them, I think that's
1: the key. One of the things that happened yesterday which you know I'm not going to go into great detail on this because you don't care but uh, there was something I've been meaning to have done with my computer and so I took it into Best Buy to have something installed and it was overdue to really to be done but uh, I had a little bit of a lull of a lull in work lately and so I was able to take it in on Friday afternoon and then yesterday I had to go pick it up. And that wasn't something we foresaw. And sometimes life happens like that. I mean, I, I didn't um, plan that as well as I could have. But the, the most important thing, something comes up or you see an opportunity to get something done that you need to get done, communicate with your partner about it so that misunderstandings are avoided and you make sure to, you know, hey, our date is still really important to me. I still want to start at this time um but i i want to run this errand and if i have to push a couple other things aside to make our date on time i will
0: well and then also communicating with each other about other things that needed to happen that day while you were gone um i felt pretty overwhelmed and overloaded with other things that were happening at home and um so being able to also support each other in the things that need to happen around the house in order for you both to feel ready for the date
1: Right. Checking in throughout the day and checking in can even include little flirtatious texts or whatever to sort of build up that emotional preparation. Yeah, that
0: is fun actually. Spending
1: a night, you know, an evening together. For sure.
0: Remember, any time is the right time for more love in your life. Thanks so much for listening to Love in Later Years.
1: And we'll catch you next time. Thanks so much.